In this episode, I share seven lessons I've learned to de-school in my homeschool. If you want to learn how to de-school your homeschool, you have some homework to do. Homework, get it? Homeschool mom prescribing homework? <laughs> in today's episode, I share seven lessons that propelled me toward more satisfaction, more individualization in my homeschool, and definitely more freedom too. If you're a homeschool mom who is also looking to enjoy her homeschool more, knows that she should probably be leaning into a more customized homeschool, and definitely wants more freedom, then this is the podcast episode for you. Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the Certified Life Coach and Homeschool Mentor found at www.capturingthecharmedlife.com. I'm here to help you shed what's not working so you can show up authentically, confidently, and purposefully in your homeschool and life. So welcome, Homeschool Mama. Okay, so here's your homework, Homeschool Mom. I'm going to prescribe some homework by listening to these seven lessons. Seven lessons that compelled me to move toward de-schooling my homeschool. Here's the first lesson. Our schedule is defined by our family's rhythm. It's not defined by the school system. It's not defined by other people's homeschools either. For many years, actually, autumn was our season to travel. I found it challenging to rein in energies before Christmas, so we didn't do a lot of traditional learning most of December. Family birthdays were always equivalent to school holidays for us, so no traditional learning on those days either. Since there's so much to do outside in May, we direct our energies toward botany, gardening, nature drawing, and weather study. Just a good excuse to use outdoor activity in science. And if you want to determine your family's rhythms, consider these thoughts. I have four posts you can find on my website that will help you to determine your family's rhythms. The first is called How to Homeschool Plan, Find Fresh Ideas, Create Renewed Routines, and Include Our Kids' Ideas Too. The second is how to create a homeschool routine that works for you. The third is, are you homeschooling good enough? And the fourth is called create learning opportunities, not recreate school subjects. So if you want to determine your family's rhythms, you could consider reading those four posts on my website. I was listening to a newer homeschool mom share her wisdom in how to structure a year homeschool. And I'm reminded that there are so many ways that you could create a routine in your homeschool. So many possible ways and so many iterations that do indeed shift from year to year. Your kids get older, you have different sleep needs, your children have different sleep needs, they have different interests. Things change all over the place. But one thing's for sure, we don't need to define our schedule based on the local school system or how other people are doing it. We can define our schedule by our family's rhythm. The second lesson I learned to de-school in my homeschool, our world is filled with books. Printed words are for sale everywhere. 
And choosing any particular curriculum does not make for a perfect homeschool. Our world is filled with books, printed words everywhere, textbooks and workbooks and novels and bookstores and homeschool mama blogs and Facebook threads, curriculum fairs and websites abound. You don't have to choose any single one of those to make a homeschool work. I've got three suggestions about buying curriculum here. Of course, my first instinct nowadays is always just to say, don't do it. Go to the library, borrow something, ask your friend who has too much curriculum, aka me or someone else that you know locally, and say, hey, could we trade curriculum or what do you have already that I could buy at a much reduced price? But when I was writing this post, this is what I share, the three suggestions about buying a curriculum. Don't overbuy. Like, really don't. It is such a waste of money. I heard it again this past week. A homeschool mom that's been there, done that for at least two decades says, I still have new curriculum in the other room that I have not used. And my last kiddo is about to graduate. So don't overbuy curriculum. During our first year of homeschooling, I overbought. Assuming we were able to cover more than we could. Every year in my homeschool years, I continued to buy less and less over the course of time, sometimes relying on the previous year's purchases. And sometimes I was heavily relying on library cards, which was a really good thing because the libraries can afford loads of curriculum, new curriculum, and they've got the old curriculum, and we've got so much opportunity at a library. And by the way, the librarian is an untapped resource in a homeschool mom life. Definitely connect with the librarian. My second suggestion about buying a curriculum. Kids should influence your choice of curriculum. I have even heard my kiddos comment on curriculum. Once when we were at a curriculum vendor hall at a conference, someone had said, I don't want to get a curriculum that I don't want to use. They knew that they would be expected to follow through with the use of their purchase. That's how I was rolling at that time. And so they didn't want to buy it if they knew they didn't want to complete it. That's great. It's a way to also discover how they learn, how much content they want to engage in, and all the things. It helps you to understand the topics they're interested in, and it encourages them to take responsibility in choosing useful resources and really focusing in to their interests. I was often asked about our less than conventional homeschool approach because we weren't following public education outcomes. Some people in our province were, and very few of us weren't, and I was one of the people that didn't. So then the question would be, where do you find it? Where do you find curriculum? I've learned curriculum is everywhere. If it is a usable resource, if it's an experience, if it's a book, if it's an online app, if it's a, you know, a course or a seminar, or if it's a mentor down the street, it's all really curriculum. Because what is the dictionary definition of curriculum? It is the subjects comprising a course of study. That is all. Curriculum is stuff you're studying and stuff you're learning easy. It could represent so many possible things, couldn't it? 
Certainly, I've learned that when kids are engaged with their educational choices, they are far more likely to be engaged in their learning. I share a whole lot more about my thoughts on curriculum on my website. There's three posts. One's called When You Buy New Homeschool Curriculum. Here are five clever suggestions. Another is choosing the right homeschool curriculum. And the last is what to ask yourself to choose the best curriculum for your homeschool. So my second lesson to de-school my homeschool is to assume that everything can be curriculum. I can learn from everything. Therefore, so can my kids. The third lesson I've learned to de-school in my homeschool is that every year is a lesson in learning for my kids and me. Who are we home educating? Only our specific kids. And if we're educating the specific child that's in front of us, then I think we should allow that child to take the lead in their learning. It doesn't necessarily mean that we don't have any impact on what they learn or that we don't put anything in front of them or that we don't want to teach them anything. But it certainly assumes that the child is the center point for the home education. They are our point of reference for what curriculum we should choose or how we assign their time or whether we assign their time at all. I believe learning should be child-led and every year is a lesson in learning about that child and also about me, how I learn, how I like to teach, how I like to engage my kids and also how they learn and what they like to do. I've learned that not every resource that we think we'll use is quite what we thought in that year. There can be some wasted resources, like maybe one child prefers reading history independently, but the others do not. Or one child loves coloring worksheets and the others definitely do not. Kinesthetic activities like those plasticky wiki sticks. My kids used to use these wiki sticks to create letters and fashion them into letters so they could learn to spell. All of them love doing that except one kiddo. We had a National Geographic chemistry set that was purchased for three kids, but the fourth kiddo didn't like it. There were many other science boxes over the years and apologia classes and brave writer classes. One of my teens wanted to take a college writing class and others did not. Every child is different and every year is different. If you want to lean into child-led learning, I encourage you to listen to the podcast episode, What is an Education Anyway? Then I have an episode titled The Scientific Benefits to Play in the Homeschool and of course, How to Facilitate Child-Led Learning in Your Homeschool. You'll find all the resources I speak to on the podcast episode titled How to De-School 101. P.S. This learning about our kids is an ongoing process and it's also learning about learning. And so your long-term goal is just to embrace it. Embrace the shifts and the changes and the learning from year to year. So why would you want to de-school? Last year when I last offered the de-school group coaching program, I had a conversation with five homeschool moms. I asked them, why do you want to de-school? One mom shared how she wants to let loose and follow her child's rabbit trails more, but also wants to keep a full schedule and develop a consistent routine. 
Another mom shared that she's not yet pulled her two kids from school, but is prepping for that in the fall, so she's learning what she can do to de-school now. Another mama shared why she prefers unschooling and how it has served her kids for the last five years, but she's noticed that de-schooling is still necessary. And another mom shared how she takes her cues from her seven-year-old son, both in his desire for social activity and also when he's had enough of formal lessons. So we talked about staying on track and if or why that's even necessary discussing the concept of gaps in an education, determining what they want for their child's education and getting really clear on their values, recognizing that sometimes we have a hard time clarifying what we want for our child's education because we're too concerned about what other people think. We discussed following our children's cues for when they're done with their homeschool lessons. We discuss schooled versus homeschooled socialization, lifelong learning and how we can get out of our kids' way so they can enjoy their learning. We discussed acknowledging that our educational experiences are often the reason we form and fashion our homeschools as we do, our past school stories. We discussed learning to let go of the role of teacher and own that our role as mother is also a teacher, not coincidentally. You could call yourself a mother teacher. We discussed addressing our kids' needs and being present with our kids. We talked about acknowledging that we have needs too, and the benefits that de-schooling has on our lives, like I spoke to in this last episode last week. So what is this schooled mindset that so many homeschoolers want to de-school from? This is the question that homeschool families have a hard time answering for themselves. We know that we're trying to leave a schooled mindset, but we don't always know what it is we're trying to leave. In my experience, since I was conventionally schooled and I also brought my kids home after my oldest finished second grade and my second finished kindergarten, I've learned that I had to unlearn or de-school some of these things from my conventional education. I assume the kids should always be busy and be kept busy. I assume that they need to identify with a particular grade or that kids need teachers to learn. I assume that learning comes best through lectures and textbooks and testing or that kids need to learn certain things at certain times I assume that kids typically are at the same developmental level to receive knowledge bits at similar times. And then I had kids, and then I recognized that they weren't at the same space at the same age either. I assume that I could organize learning and create systems of learning and that that would be complete. I definitely assume teachers needed to be certified. And I know they do to work in the educational system, but they don't need to be if they are working with their child. I assume that we had to switch from the role of mom to teacher, depending on what we were doing in the day. Do any of these ideas feel familiar to you too? So why do you want to de-school? Do you assume that there's only certain times of the day when kids learn? 
Or do you assume there are only certain subjects that are considered learning? Or that kids' emotional connection and attachment can be put on hold for seven hours while they're in a school system, or even if they are around your homeschool kitchen table. Maybe it's important for us to de-school from this idea that the most important people in our kids' lives are their peers. I don't think they are. I think the most important people in our kids' lives are their parents. Sometimes we assume that someone else, a prescribed system developed by experts, would know better than parents how to advocate for an education for our kids. We assume that kids wouldn't know how they should be educated because we've been told that they don't. An education maybe has to be pre-planned even for our specific kids, that it can't just happen as they go. We assume that there's a certain time in life to learn and there is a certain time in life to produce. We assume everyone needs a base knowledge or we assume there is only one way to get to a base knowledge. We assume that base knowledge has to be learned in sequence, that the base knowledge learned in sequence will be remembered because we tested. We assume that because we tested, kids know. And even if we know that they don't care, at least they tested. And we assume that imparting anything is a good done for them. I'm curious what you would add to this list. So if I've got you piqued about this idea of de-schooling your homeschool, join the five-day de-school your homeschool challenge to lean in to child-led learning to build greater satisfaction in your homeschool and experience a whole lot more freedom. The fourth lesson I learned to de-school my homeschool is to learn to spend differently. When I think back to my school experience, I remember tucking my new outfits into a bunk bed drawer that I was not allowed to touch until the first day of school. I still have my grade one blue plaid two button shirt. It has since come back into style and gone back out of style. <laughs> we visited Zellers before our school years for grade specific supply lists. Maybe we get another box of non-broken crayons and a package of those smelly markers. Now that I'm a mom and I've collected 652 broken crayons, no, I didn't count, but I'm pretty sure I'm close. And I've purchased oodles of white erasers that seem to only resurface under sofa cushions to this day. And I know that there are only eight Crayola markers that didn't dry up by the end of my homeschool year, and I've since thrown them out, but there are still 67 barely sharpened pencil crayons. And officially, I really do not need to make a school supply trip. I'm sure you don't either. I buy what I need, like I purchase kids' clothing based on need or when seasonal shifts require it, not on the latest style. Obviously, I definitely don't buy indoor shoes, so every Christmas I provide fluffy socks. I try not to buy at all, but I do. It entirely depends on the tangible need in front of me, but I noticed from my school years to my homeschool years, I definitely spent differently. The fifth lesson I've learned to de-school my homeschool 
is to ask yourself, what is an education anyways? If I thought of education as solely something found in a classroom or textbook driven or even book driven or test proven or teacher taught, I would definitely follow the system, its schedule and its curriculum. And education includes academics at times, of course, but the sky's the limit to what we could know and how we could learn it. Google is called Google for a reason. And it contains more knowledge than the most knowledgeable human. I would suggest that ChatGPT or some other AI program probably has the gamut of knowledge. And it contains way more knowledge than the most knowledgeable human. But what is our goal for education? Is it to enable our child to match Google or ChatGPT? I believe an education is learning to live this life well, engage in meaningful work, nurturing our community, and experiencing life to the fullest. So what would you say an education is anyway? I'd love to hear. Perhaps you would consider sharing a review as you are sharing with me what you believe an education to be anyways. You can share a podcast review over at Apple, Spotify, PodPage, or anywhere you're listening to your podcast. The sixth lesson I've learned to de-school in my homeschool is not to school at all, of course, but actually to create memories and fun and interesting learning opportunities like the not back to school party that we had pretty much every year. It was a homespun version of a not back to school party. We would plan our daily schedules in rainbow colored pens. Sometimes we would take grade photos, not because anybody needed a grade or probably even remembered it, but because it was cute. And on that first not back to school day, we would discuss our intentions for the year. Each of the kids would find a box of Smarties at the bottom of their new book stack because they were about to get smartier. <laughs> you can find more ideas on how to celebrate your not back to school party on the show notes to this episode, but you can also find loads of fun ideas in the post, how to incorporate fun in your homeschool. John Taylor Gatto reminds us, there isn't one right way to become educated. There are as many ways as there are fingerprints. And that is the seventh lesson I learned to de-school in my homeschool. It is to recognize that life is learning. In the meantime, we have Legos to play with and dogs to walk and chickens to corral and trampolines to bounce on, a garden bounty to begin to seed in the greenhouse. There are a million and one things we are going to learn from the moment we're born to the moment we die. We'll have fewer than a million, but still many iterations of what we actually do in this life. Maybe we work at a fast food restaurant on cash when we're in grade 11, or a grocery store in the bakery, a real estate office as the receptionist a billing clerk at a doctor's office, a unit clerk in the labor and delivery at the local hospital, a registered nurse in the perinatal float pool. Maybe we're a new mom, home with two little girls. Now we're a homeschool mom of four kids, a writer for a website, a host of a podcast, 
and a life coach for homeschool moms. A few of my iterations. I'm curious what yours are. Throughout each of those roles, I have learned one million and one things, and I continue to learn too. So homeschool mama, you have your homework. Here's your assignment. What unhelpful homeschool mindsets do you have that you could release in order to carpe your homeschool freedoms? Thanks for joining me today. If this podcast has been an encouragement for you, would you share it with a homeschool friend that would benefit too? I would love to hear from you. If you've homeschooled for a while, you've seen the value of de-schooling, or whether you've leaned into child-led learning and have come to understand the benefits, would you send me a message on the socials or share it as a review on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to this podcast? Recently, I heard from one homeschool mom who shared, I absolutely love everything about this episode. To me, the beauty of homeschooling is that you can see each individual child's needs and their way of learning. Thank you for the inspiration. Remember that you can join the five-day de-school your homeschool challenge. Just head over to my website, www.capturingthecharmlife.com. If you're curious about the group coaching to de-school your homeschool, send me an email message at teresawiedrich at outlook.com. T-E-R-E-S-A-W-I-E-D-R-I-C-K at outlook.com. All the show notes and resources discussed in this episode can be found at my website. And until next week, I want for you and your homeschool kids to turn all your homeschool challenges into your homeschool charms. You got this, girlfriend. <laughs>